But just a couple of weeks after I came, the Lord spoke to me and said, it's time for us to move forward together. I've never been so burdened for a place. And I know I have to be a little careful because I've got some former members of mine with me here this morning. And while I was at Life Church International in Atlanta, I think they would tell you and anybody there would tell you that I ministered from a heavy burden there until the Lord began to transition us. Even yesterday when my son and my daughter-in-law wanted to drive over into Summerton with us to kind of see the place where mom and dad are living now. I don't know what it was, but as soon as I drove in and I saw the sign, welcome, I'm just, I get overwhelmed in my heart and in my spirit because I have such great expectation about what God is going to do. But we identified four areas. We're going to move forward together in worship. That is, we're going to worship together. We're going to grow together. We're going to serve together. We're going to reach lost and hurting people together. And this morning, I, I was just going to remind you that when it comes to moving forward together in worship, that, that we have got to absolutely make it a priority that this house be a house of worship. That this house must absolutely be a house of prayer. Why is that important? Jesus in Matthew chapter 21. He goes into the temple. This is just after the triumphal entry of Jesus into Jerusalem. We call it Palm Sunday. And after this triumphal entry of Jesus into the city, he then goes into the temple of God and he drives out all those who bought and sold in the temple. And he overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold doves. Let me tell you what's going on here. What's going on here is it's Passover. It's already crowded because there's people from every nation in the civilized world that's convening there in Jerusalem for Passover. And the outer court of the temple is a place that was referred to as the court of the Gentiles. It was where Gentiles were allowed to come and worship. But when they got there, they found that instead of it being a place of worship, it had been turned into a marketplace. They were distracted in their worship, first of all, because of all of the activity that was going on around them. But not only that, they were hindered in their worship because on Passover, of course, you were to bring a sacrifice for your sins a lamb without spot and without blemish. If you couldn't afford a lamb, you could bring turtle doves or pigeons. Many of them traveled a long distance, so it was much more convenient for them to wait until they got to Jerusalem where they could go into the marketplace and buy an animal. Even if you brought your own animal, the system was so corrupt that they would find something wrong with your animal so that you would have to buy one of theirs at exorbitant prices. They were extorting the people. Not only that, there was this issue that if you wanted to shop in the marketplace, you had to use the currency of the marketplace. So you had to exchange your currency for theirs. And they would deceive the people as to what the exchange rate was and charge exorbitant prices for exchange rates. So they were making it impossible for these Gentiles to do 
what their purpose was in coming to the temple and that was to worship that was to come and to connect with a living God and so when Jesus saw all of that he got angry and rightly so and the Bible says that he said to them it is written where was it written it was written in Isaiah chapter 56 verse 7 he said it is written my house let me ask you this is this his house is this his house I think after what we've experienced here this morning I think we can all agree yes this is his house now that doesn't mean that this is the only place that God dwells God dwells everywhere all the time which means we can worship him anywhere anytime but we primarily come here to worship God help us to not make it difficult for people to connect with a living God but that for what reason we come together we experience and that is to worship this is not a house of preaching this is not a house of singing this is not a house of fellowship or social activity this is a house of worship and prayer and Jesus said that my house shall be called a house of prayer but he says you have made it now I was going to take that little statement today as my title you have made it a den of thieves and the question before us was is this place what God wants it to be or is it what we have made it what we want it to be and I'm not just talking about this house I'm also talking about this house because Paul said that our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit and Jesus said you have taken my house that's supposed to be a house of prayer and you have made it into a den of thieves a den of thieves is a place where thieves like a cave where thieves would go to hide after committing a crime to keep from getting caught or to keep from being revealed or arrested he got that term den of thieves from Jeremiah chapter 7 verse 11 where God spoke to the nation of Israel through the prophet Jeremiah and he said Jeremiah here's what I want you to do I want you to stand at the gates when people come through the gates into the temple the place of worship when they come in I want you to stand at those gates and I want you to declare this word and here's what he declared to them do you think that you can go out here and rob and murder and commit adultery and steal and treat your neighbor wrong and then come into my house and chant we're safe here because that's exactly what folks were doing they were living perverted lifestyles but then coming to the temple and acting as if all was well because hey we can hide things in the temple in the house of God unlike we can hide it anywhere else we can put on an appearance of face even hide our sin but here's what God said to Jeremiah he said here's what I want you to say to the people I see your sin I see your sin you have turned my house into a den of thieves 
where you think you can live like you want to live, but then come here and act as if all is well. And so Jesus borrowed that term in referring to these merchants in the marketplace. He said, you have taken my house and you have turned it into a den of thieves. And so what does Jesus do? He cleanses the temple. 2017, as we begin 2017, let's allow God to cleanse us. To cleanse us of our sin. To cleanse us of our unrighteousness so that we can truly connect with Him through prayer. Because listen, when this place becomes a house of prayer, when we become a people of prayer, here's what will happen next. This place will become a house of power. Because look at what happens. As soon as Jesus cleanses the temple and puts everything back in order, then the blind and the lame came to Him. Not to the religious leaders, not to the Pharisees, because the religious leaders and Pharisees, if you had any kind of sin, sickness, or disease, they attributed that to sin in your life. And Jesus knew that not everything is a result of sin. Even in John chapter 9, when Jesus and his disciples are together, and his disciples see a man that was blind from birth, and they looked at Jesus and they said, Who sinned? This man or his parents? And Jesus said, Neither. Neither. So not every issue that people have is a sin issue. Yes, we can bring issues on ourselves because of sin. But here's what I love about this passage of Scripture. Sick people, lame people, diseased people that were there basically hoping to get a few denarii to help provide for their needs. But even though they didn't feel comfortable with the religious folks, they came to Jesus. They came to Him in the temple. And I love this. He healed them. Oh, I'm telling you, church, that's what happened in this place just a few moments ago. And that's the reputation I would like to see us have here. Not that we don't already have that reputation, but I would like for us to have that reputation that this is a place where hurting, lost, sick people can come and not be judged as if everything is a result of sin in their lives, but they can come here to receive the help and the hope that they need. Somebody give God some praise in this room. Amen. I know about the power of prevailing prayer. In Exodus chapter 17, Moses, Aaron, and Hur. Moses looks at Joshua and he says, Joshua, I want you to gather the troops together. They were being attacked by the Amalekites in the valley of Rephidim. And Moses said, Joshua, gather the troops together. Get down there in the valley and start fighting. And I'm going up on the mountain with the staff of God in my hand. And he gets up on the mountain and he lifts his hands to God, symbolic of him praying. And as long as his hands are up, the Israelites are prevailing over the Amalekites. But as soon as his hands come down, symbolic that the prayers had ceased, then the Amalekites begin to overtake the Israelites. Then Moses puts his arms back up again. He gets weary. 
Aaron and her bring a rock for him to sit on. One gets on one side, one gets on the other. And they lift up Moses' hands for him. Listen, the Lord Jesus Christ has sent me here to lift up your hands, to encourage you, don't stop praying. Don't stop believing. There is power in prevailing prayer. Keep praying, keep praying, keep praying, keep praying. You are going to win this thing. Then the blind and the lame came to him in the temple and he healed them. When it's a place of worship and prayer, it will be a place of power. And then look at what happened next. But when the chief priest and the scribes saw the wonderful things he did, now they recognized he did wonderful things, but they didn't like the response that he got when they realized the wonderful things that he did and the children crying out in the temple saying, Hosanna to the son of David. When these chief priests and scribes heard the children say, Hosanna to the son of David, they were indignant. Why were they indignant? Because son of David was a messianic term. And it was as if those children were saying, Messiah is here. God is here. And the chief priests and scribes were indignant and they looked at Jesus and said, do you not hear what they are saying? They're calling you God. They're calling you Messiah. What are you going to do about that? And Jesus said to them, yes, have you never read? Then he gives us another passage from Psalm chapter 8 verse 2. He said, have you never read, out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants, you have perfected or prepared praise. God prepared those children for such a time as this to respond to the recognition of who Jesus was as Messiah and God. Because when this place is a house of prayer, it will be a house of power. And if it's a house of power where the miracles of God are taking place, it'll be a house of praise. Where God is recognized for who He is and God is recognized for what He's done. And God will get all the praise and all the honor and all the glory that is due His name. Somebody stand up on your feet right now and go ahead and praise Him some more in this house. Oh, He is worthy of our praise. God is worthy of our praise. Yes, He is. Yes, He is. Yes, He is. <laughs> so in 2017, what about your house? What about your house? This house, and not just this house, but your home where your family dwells. Is it what God wills it to be? Or is it what we have made it? 2017, let's get our houses in order. Can we do that? Get our houses in order. Places of prayer and worship. Places of power. Yes, even in your house, even through your life, God can do miraculous things that will cause others to praise Him, to praise Him. Father, I was glad 
when they said unto me let us go into the house of the Lord Lord surely your presence has been in this place today but Lord we do not want your presence contained here we want to we want to carry your presence we want to be arcs of the covenant that carry your presence into our community into our homes into our places of business into our schools wherever it is that we go Lord that we are a manifestation of your presence that we are in a sense Emmanuel an incarnation of who God is and may we let our light shine so that all the world may see our good works and glorify our Father who is in heaven in Jesus name we pray amen amen and amen now aren't you glad that you got up on New Year's Day and come to the house of the Lord amen oh how good and pleasant it is when brothers and sisters dwell together in unity in the house of the Lord amen the Lord bless you thank you for coming and being with us today we're gonna to be out in the foyer if we've not had the opportunity to meet you we want to have that opportunity to meet you before you go today I love you Summerton Church of God God bless you